This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 157. Let's roll. And we are basically at the midpoint of the season. Uh, I've got uh, my friend Chalk is going to join me this week and you know, we're going to we're going to have a fireside chat, just talk about a lot of things. I got a lot of things on my mind in terms of, you know, dynasty strategy and just football chit chat and shit like that. But, um, you know, I before I get started and before I bring Chuck out, I had this, you know, you see these highlights on Twitter or whatever of like a fullback. Like I think it was Ricard, like blocked the the linebacker perfectly and they find him like 50 G's Jalen Warren has like run twice where he's like lowered his shoulder and like, you know, picked up a $50,000 fine on a guy making fucking 600 G's a year. And then, um, there was another one, uh, you know, the, the, the safety literally put his shoulder into this guy's like chest, uh, you know, catching the football across the middle, uh, perfect textbook tackle separating the man from the ball. And, um, and, and it's like, they're calling these penalties. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm going to get a penalty for that, I might as well just fucking decapitate the guy. Like, why am I getting a penalty when I'm textbook? I'm, if I'm a safety, fuck it. I'm just, I'm done. What do you want me to do? If I've got nothing to do, I might as well hurt the, not hurt, but might as well, like you better think twice. I might as well just go back. Cause if doing it right gets me a fucking penalty, then why am I doing it correctly in the first place? I'm just going to be the one getting hurt or getting beat. Uh, I might as well just take this take this dude out like they did in the in the eighties and nineties. Just do it, and, and we need to start a GoFundMe for these guys making four hundred thousand minimum contracts who are getting fined fifty thousand dollars a week for blocking in the hole. Like, geez, Louise, I am just fed up with this. And this is, you know, it's not a it's a little bit of a you know old guy barking at clouds moment for me. But I think a lot of you guys are nodding with me right now that. You know, we we need to, you know, sure up the game and make sure that it's safe for everybody. But if you go a little too far, it actually gets dangerous for other players. Um, you know, we saw a lot of low injuries be- on, on Gronk specifically over time because 
they they knew they couldn't go up up high at the head. So now guys are getting their knees blown out. I mean, there's a lot of injuries no matter how you play this game. I know concussions are a big one, CTE, all the rest of it. But um, I don't know, man. There's got to be a better way. Uh, they're protecting the quarterbacks in a way where guys are afraid to tackle them. And then they just you know, run for touchdowns. I mean, the game is slightly broken in that way. It's still the greatest game on the planet, let's face it. But I just had to, you know, get on my front lawn, take the newspaper, shoo all the people away and yell at the clouds for a quick second. So thank you for indulging me. But without further ado, I do want to bring out my guest, my partner in crime here at the Undroppables, Mr. Chalk. You can find Chalk on Twitter at 101 Chalk, of course. Chalk, what's going on, buddy? Yo, yo, man. What's up, man? It's good to be back. <laughs> good to have you back. What do you think? Should I just go back in my house and sit on my easy chair and relax for a minute? <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I mean, what do you think about all that nonsense? I'm barking. No, I, I'm with you. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I, I've been around really? long long enough to know better than to, uh, you know, try to rain on your rant there. Yeah. But no, I think, I think you had a, a lot of good points there and, you know, it's, it's tough, man. Like you want to balance, you know, the evolution of the game, so to say, right. versus like the way the game should be played. Right. Right. Like the yeah. the, the the actual essence of the game. So, right. Yeah. I mean, blocking a linebacker, like uh, what Ricard did, I, I I still can't even. I actually don't understand. I don't understand. He. I, I just that one. You're gonna. You, you miss me with that one. And so uh, you know, these things are just really difficult. To, I don't know, man. It's just really difficult. These guys are, are are they're not making a lot of money when you really think about it. I mean, they get pay half the taxes, another percentage to their agent. They live a rich lifestyle, like you know, they've got a diet, health, all the rest of the stuff that you know they've got to take care of. Um, you know, you got people with their hands out. You know, they're trying to take care of their family. They're 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 ruining their body, and then they got to pay fifty G's or twenty five thousand dollars because they, you know did a textbook block on a fucking lead back. You know, it's like, what are we doing? So some of these things are to me just overboard. And, you know, it just, it, it really, it really bums me out to watch a, a guy do his job correctly and then get penalized. That's just, it's just staggering for me. And, and, you know, when you couple it with a lot of the other, the other complaints that some maybe, you know, you know, realistic or whatever, but um, I don't know. It just, it starts to get a little bit to a point where like, I swear if I was a safety, I'd be like, fuck it. Let me just, let me just kill this dude. And I will get the penalty. I will get the fine, but motherfucker ain't going to go across the middle on me anymore. Whereas the other guy goes perfect. And he's like, so what do you want to do? Become more sort of, you know, cautious. And I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense. You got to hit the guy. I mean, that's what you're taught to do from day one. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. What am I doing, Chuck? What am I doing? Uh, you know, I, I think you're expressing some frustration with what you're seeing out there, and rightfully so. You're a consumer and fan of the game, so like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have your opinions, and you know, I think you also have a good point in terms of uh, let the players play, and then you're you're taking away their livelihood for the way they they've been raised and trained to play the game. So, no man, you know, I think I think you're totally valid in terms of what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not I, like you like you famously say, I'm not here to talk about something else other than fantasy football. So let's get yeah, into it, man. You are, you are stealing my fucking segues. The people are like, here it comes, here it comes. Well, they didn't come and join us today to hear me bitch about the fines in the NFL. They came here to hear Mr. Chalk and his dynasty strategy. And I'll tell you what, buddy, um, there is something I want to get to a big question that I had on Twitter that I want to, I want to answer and I want to hear your answer, but we'll do so right after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And here we are, right? So ultimately, Chalk, you know, I, I love this this question. It was a little bit of a back and forth. I, I quote tweeted a, a, a new friend of mine, a kid by the name of Josh on Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, he made the point, hey, if you're if you're competing, his tweet, I could read it, but I don't really feel like it. But his basic point was, if you're competing in a dynasty league and you have future first round picks, you're doing it wrong. You should be all in trying to dominate the league. You know, fuck them picks. Go all in. Make sure you have the most dominant team possible or you're not doing it right. And I, I said, I completely disagree, but I respect your opinion. And he said, I'd love to, you know, come on your pod. And I said, all right, bet. And he was like, well, I don't have any fucking microphones or shit. I'm like, well, get buy a microphone. I'll let your ass come on. I don't give a shit. Um, he is a cool guy. That's why I was like, all right, I'll have this motherfucker on. He seems nice. But, um, you know, but I had you instead. I, I kind of know what your answer probably will be. But what is your thought about that in the Dynasty League in terms of like pushing everything all in versus playing the middle? Yeah, so I, I think because I think the problem. So, I mean, yes, the ultimate game, the ultimate point of the game is to win. Right. So yes. you are playing Dynasty, Dynasty football to win. We also play sure. Dynasty, Dynasty fantasy football for longevity and w- win for a long time, right? Yes. To like win like almost into perpetuity. Like you're playing Madden at home and you're playing franchise mode and every year you're just crushing through the weeks just to like put up another banner because you know you're going to win, right? Yeah, so that yeah, that is the ultimate goal. But right. to, to actually do that, right, in a dynasty league, it, it's not that easy. You don't just build the best team ever. I mean, I guess – Technically, per se, you could build the best team ever right now and yeah. maybe have a runway of one or two years and then the team starts falling apart. I mean, and it's not because the entire team ages out, but it's injuries happen, trades happen, like quarterbacks yes. change. This guy disappears and turns to dust like early. Like you just don't know. That's this right. guy gets arrested, you yes. know, and this person like does this, like whatever. Right? Najee so, Harris. Right. right. Yeah. People just disappear. Right. Like yeah. people just right. disappear. So um, so I, I get the concept of that. Yeah, let's try to win now and, you know, screw everything else. But without having at least some flexibility in the in the draft capital and ha- like doesn't mean having a stockpile of picks all the time, but right. having some always left in the bank. Is always going to be to your advantage because that gives yeah. you. Yeah, so if it comes to the point where yeah, you are gonna need to make a push, you have a little flexibility still. You could you could still purchase a piece where you need to. Or yes. hey, as we know, the best team doesn't always win either. Like unless Bingo. you have an extremely dominant juggernaut that nobody else is even close to, okay, fine. Right? Like that's an exception, right? Like we're not talking about those teams. Most teams, they're in a competitive league. There's two to four maybe five teams that actually have a legitimate 25% to 30% chance of winning it all, which means everybody equally has a shot. Um, 
then next year you know you come back better. Like, what are you going to yeah. do if you don't have any picks? You're not coming back better. So, anyways. right. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I would say that this strategy that he points out might actually be a a little bit more viable in a best ball setting because in best ball, hey, if I can buy a few pieces to my depth, you know, because I would argue like, you know, and I know Scott Connor's done this research, Jordan McNamara in terms of like, no matter how good your team is, you went undefeated, you still have like a 30 to 40% chance of winning it once you get to the playoffs. Like how good yeah, the team is exactly. still, you're, you know, you're just above 50-50 a few times, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're not, yeah. you're never 80-20 to win a week unless, like you oh, say, you have no. some sort of weird ass team. Like, but even then, like, you just don't know on a week to week basis, short, short, you know, you're also, you know, a lot of teams, like even myself, I posted some shit in response to the whole Gabe Davis thing, which is so fun. But um, I posted some teams, someone was like, dude, you played two 0 and 8 teams and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's actually, you know, funny that he pointed that out. But that's what happens during the regular season, especially in a dynasty league. You'll play against some some cream puffs, you know, so you just get some oh. automatic wins. You start thinking, oh, my team is fucking dope, man. But then you know what you, who you play in the playoffs? Other good teams and other pretty good rosters. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy's got fucking who going? He's got Amon Ra, da, da, da. You know, and so you're still only just above 50%, even with a dominant team. Except maybe in a best ball, I would argue then, you know, if you have Stroud, Mahomes, and you know, Lamar, it's like, well, even in a one quarterback league, you would never do that. Right. But you're like, well, I kind of want to make sure that no matter what, I get a great, you know, quarterback performance, whatever. Those things could be, you could maybe make that point there, but I'm with you a thousand percent where, you know, you want to build a, a team strong enough to stand the test of time. And you and I have both sort of learned this through trials and tribulations. This is not just theory with us. I have tried the, you know, really push all in and Dude, I, it, it's happened even this year. I, I, um, I've i made some moves and they backfired. You know, I, I traded for Dallas Goddard. I traded for who, – who, oh, I traded for Daniel Jones literally minutes before he, he blew out his knee. Literally, like four minutes before the start of the, the early games, I traded for Daniel Jones this week. Literally. So, you know, it, it, dude, you never know what's going to happen. That one hurt kind of a little bit. But but um, yeah, so ultimately these things about pushing. And by the way, it, it did include a basic. Well, it a, it's a 32 team league. So it's my first. So it's really, a, I guess, an early third in terms of that. But whatever, you get my drift, right? So long story short, you don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to move forward. I rather have all the flexibility going into next year and the year after and the year after and the year after where I still have a great team, a really good chance of winning and still have a great chance of improving my team over the long haul. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I don't want to like stay on this point for like yeah. the, the whole show, but no, you know, maybe just as a, as a parting, parting shot here. Um, it's like, yeah, you, you spent all, all your picks on like having this, dope team and it's su super deep and even your bench is dope so like i could play two starting lineups and either one could beat you like like that's how dope it is and i have a few teams like that but the problem is like to your point too with the best ball thing i don't know who to it's like i'm literally at the point now where i'm like i don't know who to even start like honestly yeah. it's it's a good problem to have but it's also a problem right it's still a yeah. problem and you know sleeper has this like little feature where i think it's on a matchup tab where you know you can see your projected points and then you can also see like uh, your kind of like historical, like your seasonal like projection accuracy, like or your accuracy yes. in like setting your lineups. Yes. And like for my teams, it's like 85 to 87%. Yeah. So even that, like I'm not getting 100% of right. my maximum lineup value. So that's right. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Even when you think you have a juggernaut. Yeah. And, and I find, and, and you've probably seen this as well. Like, obviously I'm, I'm in a 14 team, 14 start 14 or whatever, you know? And it's like, my accuracy is like 96% because I'm playing Ooh. everybody that's good, but yeah, in a, yeah, yeah. I'm in a start eight or nine, 10 team league. And I'm like 76% because I've got dudes on the fucking bench every week. And it's like, (laughs) of course you're going to see that variant. So again, all these things. And it reminds me of the Gabe Davis conversation because uh, being kind of put out a cool tweet, which was the, the, it's the average uh, ESPN starting how how often a guy has started. And it was Gabe Davis and also his point total. And like, literally the world is point chasing with Gabe Davis. He's like, they don't start them. They don't start him, and then he has a big week, and they start him. He has a bad week. They're like they sit him. He has a big week, and it's just they're just chasing That's and so failing funny. every time. Like every time the public plays Gabe Davis, and and so to his point that Gabe Davis is terrible in that way. That's totally true. Matter of fact, in a lot of cases on short benches, guys like that I don't value as much. And so when you talk about guys who are basically useless in a short, you know, ten twelve team league where you start eight to ten. Yeah, guys on the fringes are harder to figure out when to play them and when not to. In a start 14, 14 14-team league, all those guys are just shoved in anyway. So, again, all these decisions matter more or less in those scenarios. So, um, you know, ultimately that's the point is depending on the type of league you're in, some of these decisions that you make change. You know, when I'm in a 10-team league, start eight, I'm more willing to, like, sell my depth off for future picks, you know, because it's like, who really even needs any of these players? And so that's the key when you're really evaluating, you know, sometimes you see the, the, which side do you prefer yada, yada, or a first in this guy. It's like so hard. You know, I've said this a million times, whenever we text each other, we always ask for the context immediately. As a matter of fact, we usually send the context, you know, upfront because we need to understand what the hell's going on. And, and that's a really big point when, you know, you or anybody else or any of you listeners are, are trying to make a decision, make sure that decision fits your overall plan. Um, I've got another question I'm going to ask you, Chalk, and that's like the one where you can you can expound upon what I just said. But also, if you're like a competitive team and you just lost, you know, maybe it's Kirk Cousins and Goddard and whatever, right? You're, you're, you're like you were really like maybe one of the top two or three teams in terms of record and points scored and max PF. But now you look at your team and and maybe you lost Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, right? All these different players. And now you're like, I'm not so sure I can win this thing. Man, I've, I, what do you do in those situations, my friend? Yeah, I mean, you know, so I think this is where it's like having some flexibility and some capital comes into play. And, you know, you got to just kind of do a gut check, right? Yeah. If if you could go into the market and you had a first and a second or a first and a couple seconds and you can go out in the market and kind of buy those replacements from teams at the bottom of the league, right? And if you put those pieces in and you kind of look at your team and you think that, you know, you kind of had that window to make that run again, yeah, yeah. I would consider that. But Consider you know, but it's also one of those things. If you lose like Goddard and Cousins, right? Like if you lost those two particular players on the same team, that's a lot to pay to get that back. You know, you're yes. looking at a couple first, right? And yeah, if you can get, if you could pay two first and get, I don't know, a Dak plus a Dalton Schultz maybe, and maybe something else on the side, or there's maybe a couple other pieces going on back and forth. You know, and again, you would have to pay more than two firsts to get those two players back. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying, but 
you know, if that's something that you're looking at, I, I'd consider that. But again, it's it's a lot, and if, I'd if probably you, have to. Yeah, but yeah, Chuck, if you if you play in the in the leagues where max PF is the way that the um, uh, draft order is determined, you can find some really natural trade partners. I mentioned this last week, and you know, it's it's sometimes you'll send the trade, and the and the guy is, you know. Sometimes you have idiots in your league and you don't want to necessarily educate them too much because you don't want them playing the same game you're playing. If you're thinking like, so here's the point. If if a guy is like third or fourth from the bottom and max PF and he has like Geno Smith and I don't know, fucking Dalton Schultz and uh, Tyler Lockett on his team. It's kind of like, um, dude, you don't need yeah. those players. <laughs> you should, yeah. you could, you could trade Kirk Cousins to him and Dallas Goddard, and he should snap that immediately. Why? Well, he, you're like, well, he's not even going to get any points from those guys this year. But exactly. That that makes yep. him better. He might get Caleb Williams by making that trade. He basically could go from, you know, the fourth or fifth pick to Caleb Williams and also get Cousins and Goddard for next year. He doesn't care about this year. You're not – the, you are competing this year, seller dweller. You're competing for the first overall pick. So if you can shed points, especially older points and lesser value, like I always look at it. I've made a couple of these trades on my own team where I took on players that were injured or you know it, you know injured and not putting up points this year that are certainly less valuable than the guy I gave up. But by the time next August rolls around, the guy I acquired will be worth more than the guy I gave up. Because they'll both be healthy at that time. The only reason is the injury. So I'll take the injury because it also double helps me because my max PF goes down. And I'm, you know, I've got this one league chalk. It's a sweet 16. And I don't think you're in that anymore. Are you in that? I think no, you, no, I, I think you bounced out of that. Yeah, I think Tommy took, took that from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, it was like, dude, it was a really, it's a masterclass. I was, I was, um, I was, it was like after week four or five and I was actually maybe four and I was like pretty good. You know, I was in playoff contention. I was like, but I looked at my max PF. I'm like, you know, it's a 16 team league and you know, I'm like sixth, seventh, yeah. maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, even yeah. seventh, you know? And, but like, I looked at my quarterbacks and it's a 16 team league. So if you have two starting quarterbacks, you're kind of good already. And I had Jimmy G and Tannehill and they were both starting at the time, by the way putting up points. And I looked at the rest of my team and I said, this team ain't winning it. Even though I'm in the playoffs, even though I'm one of the sort of best teams. And I also looked at it and said, this team, if it doesn't win this year, it could be absolute catastrophe next year. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. With those quarterbacks, absolute catastrophe. So I could be on a two year shit show instead. So, so even though I was a playoff ranked team in week four, blew it up. And I traded uh, DJ Moore. I traded all, all these players, right? Uh, Logan Thomas. I forget who else. Just a bunch of dudes are gone. Everybody. Roshan, as soon as he was playing, like I just sold, sold, sold. Daryl Henderson's gone. Like all these guys. And now I'm third or fourth from the from the bottom. So like 12th or 13th in max PF. And I'm knocking on the door. I'm going to get the 101. And I'm like 18. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a 500 team or something like that. But I'm getting the 101. It's going to be great. So I just maneuvered my way into the 101. I I mean, and I have all these picks, you know, and so you have to be honest with your team, even yeah. if you think, you know, because there's a difference between a punchy team that's set up for the future 
and a team that's a shit show waiting to happen, you know, and that, that's what it was. So it's just sort of that self-scouting, understanding what you're doing, and then have a plan of attack. What are you trying to do? Am I trying to – because one of the plans could have been, hey, hang in there. Maybe make a sneaky little trade for this or that. Maybe I can win. Well, the honest answer was, that's not going to fucking happen, bro. You need to be honest with yourself. This team ain't winning shit. And there's a couple of powerhouses. Get the hell out of here. Get down to the bottom. You know, get as many things in the iron bank and go from there. And so, you know, hey, that that's what I, I guess I'm talking about. Hey, no, man, I, I like that. I like the way you spun that. And um, no, I, I, I <laughs> no, that's some pure, pure Jack, Jack Stockholm goal right there, man. So, yeah. Stuff. Well, I mean, I know you do the same thing, you know, but so the, the, the point is if you're one of those winning teams that lost all your players and if you find someone who's smart enough to, to take on your injured players, great. If not, you know, you, you got to get more creative. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, um, Danny Kelly and uh, Scott Barrett share a team and in, in the big game with uh, with us that we just did this year. And dude, their team was dope. Aaron Rodgers and, and um Anthony Richardson and a bunch of other dudes that just got fucking hurt. It's it's a it's a nightmare. And there was no real path for this year other than maybe trading Anthony Richardson. And you could just tell they were like, nope, we're gonna just fucking let it fall. We're gonna let it fall. Let the pick fall, you know, because they own their own pick. They're like, let's just yeah, yeah. you know, let yeah, it go. Sometimes you, just, sometimes you just let it go. Like I said, like I was saying, is sometimes you just let it go and yeah. you know, you look at your team and you're like, hey. I could I could spend a couple of firsts here, but is it really worth it? Like probably not. Just let it go. Let retool. It go. Yep. Right. In the offseason, you can spend those picks for something else and you know, really, really develop powerhouse or use those picks to draft draft someone and Yep, you know, keep, your core you know, together, yeah. keep your core together, right? And sell off some sort of secondary and tertiary pieces for some, you know, middling picks and and go from there, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you know, eighty seventy-five to eighty percent of our dynasty lives is is about hope. It's like it's like the off season, right? The off yeah. season and what what you think is gonna happen and what you hope is gonna happen and what you dream is gonna happen, right? So, you know, if you're like, hey, I, I'm gonna build towards next year. I have some picks. I have a really good team. And you know, injuries aside, like I would have had a good run. Like, hey, you know, and then then you spend the next, you know, for what six, seven months, eight months feeling pretty good, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a bummer, but you still feel pretty good. So absolutely, absolutely. And and it's it's it sucks to watch it uh one of your shitty teams just be shitty, but sometimes it's what it is. And 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 honestly, for a lot of you guys, you know, who listen, you can sort of understand this. It's actually still a, a fun task because you're like, you know, you start to build up the picks and and just don't stop. You know, I, I always look at it like if you're on a two year plan, then even your next year's picks are not necessarily that important to make and like having the patience to like, I remember one year I sold, you know, what would have been the two, the one Oh two, the one Oh four and the one Oh seven or some shit like that. And, and it, it was the year Chubb came out, but like the picks were like, it was like Darius Geis, which by the way was amazing. Darius Geis, Royce Freeman and someone else. And like, but it could have been, it was just so much like it could have been, you know what I mean? But I, I remember I sold those picks and pushed them into the next year. And of course, you know, the next year was like JT and I got JT out of the deal, and et cetera, et cetera. And it really built a team, but it was the, it was the, um, the discipline that to say, I don't need to invest in this draft. I can literally sell out entirely. Well, and again, I probably got some second round picks, probably the second round picks ended up being better than the first round picks that were taken, but moved way back into the second and then got future first. So still got a chance to make a pick 
or however many picks in, in the current draft, second and third round picks, but then slid all of that value into the next draft where I had, you know, instead of three first, I had four or five first. And, you know, you really can push it forward if you have a little bit of patience. Um, and, and, and sometimes that's just what it takes to rebuild. And, you know, two year plan can be just that, you know, just literally pushing everything forward, continuing to nab value. I always say you're either buying one of two things whenever you're making a dynasty trade, you're either, you're either buying production or you're buying value. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like <laughs> buying production or buying value and, uh, I'm with you with on that. Sometimes it is a two year plan, you know, and sometimes that two year plan is a, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase combo, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I, I legitimately have a couple of teams that, you know, I did a two year plan and that's what, that's what I ended up with. So, um, you know, but like, like, if, like if you were going back to your three of your points, uh, maneuvering, right. Like thinking ahead, this is the time where we're about halfway through the, uh, NFL season, which means we're less than half, we're more than halfway to the NFL uh, fantasy playoffs, Start positioning now, right? Start figuring out what you're gonna do. Are you a mover in which direction and and all that? So, um, yeah, man, this is a you know some really good insights for the, for the dynasty crowd here. No doubt. So, in terms of some player takes, you know, let me see. Well, let's start with someone that I think I should probably have a take on. Uh, I don't have a strong strident take here, but Keaton Mitchell went off. Uh, you know, this week and he's the, you know, the waiver wire darling. I'm actually curious. What, what are your thoughts here about Keaton Mitchell? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fairly crowded backfield there, right? You still have like Gus Edwards and justice, justice Hill. And now you have Keaton Mitchell. I mean, I would throw a few dollars at him and if he falls your way, great. Um, I'm not prioritizing him. I'm not, I don't think he's a league winner of any sort at, at this time, barring what, what any about, injuries. What about in Dynasty, where he's basically he's rostered everywhere? I, he wasn't on a single yeah, waiver. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. In any of my leagues, different. what do you what do you think about him in the Dynasty lens in, in that regard? I mean, like, I mean, I don't know if I would like trade actively trade for him, right? Like, I mean, right. what are you going to offer like a third for him? Like, no one's going to accept that. It's like, oh. yeah, if you, but but if you're working on a bigger deal and you're looking for something on. The, you know, like something to squeeze. Yeah, I mean, I, I could look at like maybe trying to pick up a Keaton Mitchell just as a as a side bonus piece. But yeah, you know, again, like it's one of those I'm not going to pay for it. And, you know, if he somehow falls off the truck, then I'll, I'll, I'll pick him up and grab him. But I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not actively looking looking for him right now. I was thinking about it because like remember, you know, like five years ago, I would have had a, a certain take. And today I have a little bit of a different take on Keaton Mitchell five years ago, I would say to you right now, quote, bullshit. This guy's nothing. He's a hundred and nothing pounds. He doesn't profile as a lead back and he's not going to get the carries. He's not going to be able to up, uh, hold up as a, as a, as a lead back or a bell cow. He's going to be a spot player. He literally played in garbage time. He broke a couple big plays. He is athletic, but forget him. Okay. Five years ago today, I have that thought in my mind, but it's a different game. You know, we just talked about it on the outset. They're protecting players differently, it's a little bit more spread out. The smaller backs are making a little bit more splash. Um, we're seeing smaller backs succeed at a higher rate than we had in the last two, three, four, five, six, seven years, right? So for those reasons, you know, I think I'm a little bit more open to the possibility that he's successful. But I do think that they're going to rely on Gus for, you know, 
the the heavy workloads, the goal lines of this and that. I do think Keaton has earned some touches. I just don't think you're ever going to start him with confidence. Again, maybe in a best ball league, he makes a little bit more sense where, hey, that big playability, if he pops one, you know, he's going to find his way onto your roster in a best ball setting. But man, I have a hard time believing like in a, you know, in those standard leagues, 10 to 12 start, start 10 to 12, right? It's going to be hard to squeeze him into a flex when you've got maybe two or three flex total. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. So for me, I'm sort of straddling the fence here a little bit, Chalk, but I, do you get my point? Like in terms of yeah, like no, yeah. what I used to say and what we're kind of thinking today? Oh yeah. No. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I, I do have him stashed on a few dynasty teams, right? So like, I didn't need to go and try to scour the waiver wire. Like I already had him. And yeah. actually shout out to the, to the boy BZ uh, who actually tweeted this, I think recently, like a few weeks ago, like, Hey, go and stash Keaton Mitchell. I think it was like two, three yeah. weeks ago. He actually tweeted out to go stash him. And I mean, when I saw that, I mean, low key, I, I already had him stashed, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, but looking at, looking at why it's dude, his profile. Yeah. He's a smaller back, but he he's profiled electric. pretty well. Yeah. He's electric, yeah. right? He, like, I mean, I looked at looked it up again. He had like what? F- over 1400 rushing yards. His best, his best college season. I mean, yeah. Either yeah. way, it doesn't matter where you went to school. Like that's fourteen hundred yards. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty like you know, pretty nice RAS score. Like you know, above eight point five. I think it was like a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Higher than eight point five. Yes, yeah. So you know, pretty solid, pretty solid prospect, man. Electric guy. Yeah, I mean, it's like him and him and Deuce Vaughn, right? It's like funny because they were both like I, I did it a couple times on the show this offseason. I took Deuce Vaughn's metrics. And I just said, would you be interested in this guy? And it was like, it basically sounded like I was describing B. John Robinson, even down to the BMI, until I said, oh, he's 5'5", 105, whatever, you know? And it's like, the size is literally the only detractor from him. And I would say Keaton Mitchell's much the same. It's like, wait, he's fast, he's productive, he can catch the ball, he's he's shifty, all these things. Oh, great, 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 you know? And then it's like, wait, how big is he? Oh, eesh. But, you know... Devon A. Chain, you know, died so Keaton Mitchell could live. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Although, I, I th- although I think I think A. Chain's coming back though. Oh my god, I need him. And I'm, dude, I've got a couple competitive. I've got like two or three, four, maybe. I'm not sure how many spots where I have A. Chain coming back on a team that is like loaded for bear and could use him as like the absolute fucking queen chess piece. Like just, you know, just the the final. The final, uh, what is it? The stone, you know, like it's just so so good. I'm so waiting for Devon A. Chain to come back uh, next week. Yeah, it's be, yeah. It's be I, got, I got a, I got a few teams that 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 could use him back too. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. Yes, it's going to be really fun to see because he's going to be one of the more awaited like players of. I mean, in recent memory, because the thing about it is when he was rocking for you early, what it was like three weeks in a row you probably won those weeks for sure because however you, you know, got A-Chain on your team, you know, it's probably a, a, a good team. He was a late first. Like the whole idea of him is like just an absolute league winner if he can do what he did early on. So, yeah, I'm waiting for it. Um, what, uh, what else you want to touch on? I thought Keaton Mitchell was interesting. Um, I got to pull up the list, though. I mean, what about what what about what about a little victory lap for you in CJ Stroud? I mean, you know, you never wavered. I got weak. I, I I announced my cowardice last week. I mentioned it. I'm I'm a I'm a wimp, a coward. Uh, but you never were. You 
were with me pre-draft, pre-everything that that Stroud was the quarterback one, but you, you stuck with it the entire way. Uh, so kudos to you, and and thanks for keeping me basically on Stroud as well. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, throughout the process, you know, I mean, it's any any process, man, but for, for prospects or anything, like it's it's tough. Yeah. And I think this year, I just I locked in on Stroud fairly early on, and you know, I think I think I think we had a lot of really good discussions that helped me. I'll also cement that. Uh, yes. a, a lot of the like the anatomy analysis that we had gone through with Stroud, yes. you know, just kind of dissecting everything, uh, dissecting the other prospect, and and you know, and at the same time, you also got me to change perspectives on some of the other other prospects, uh, you know, including uh, Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. So, uh, you know, it, it's been great to watch watch all this kind of happen. It sucks sucks for Richardson though, because you know he was having actually a pretty stellar rookie season as well. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I think it's exciting. I don't, I don't, think, exciting, Richard, I don't yeah. think Richardson was the bad pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, so that's still kind of like to be continued. Like, we don't know what that, you know, what that verdict actually is between like who is the real, you know, QB1 of this class. But Stroud looking really good, um, you know, with even – Interesting set of weapons. I mean, you kind of get the the hat tip for the Tank Dell call as well, right? Because, yeah. I mean, he's he's breaking out, which is, which is awesome. You know what's crazy, Chalk, is like we've been team analytics over team film and, and, and most of our lives, and the 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 Stroud and Dell were both film takes for me. Like, you know, it's just like I mean, of course they're analytics too. I mean, actually, Stroud starts as analytics too. You look at him, you're like, wait, what does this guy not do? And then you turn on the the film, you're like, wait. This guy is hitting guys, and and it happened again this week where he hit um, Noah Brown across the middle on a medium a medium route, but he hit him in such perfect stride across the deep middle that that Noah Brown was like he just beat two safeties right around him, like he did not have to slow down a step, like didn't even have to take a, like a a walking air step to kind of catch it. He just was running, and it was like just put in his fucking grill, and it's like the accuracy from Stroud creates bigger plays after the catch. Uh, the accuracy from Stroud on the final two throws of the game are just as good as it can be. The throw to Dell on the sideline where he doubled, by the way, the Dell catch on the sideline too. He like, yeah, was he, ridiculous. dude, he drifted in the air with both feet off the ground so that he could catch it and then literally just drop both. And, oh, dude, it was so sick. What a great fucking player Tank Dell is. And that's the thing is like, you know, you see him, he's small and yada, yada, played a small school. And it's like, but, but when you watch the tape and you're like, wait, he can do all that shit. And then he goes to the senior bowl and he does it. And you're like, I think this motherfucker might be good. Like, I just kept asking the question, is he, is it possible? He's just dope because he looks dope. You know what I mean, and then and and then the stories just kept coming out. So yeah, I was I was a big buyer on on Tank Dell for those reasons. And then Stroud is doing everything that we saw him do to exceptional receivers in college. Who knows? Maybe he made Olave a little bit, huh? I mean, Mister Airyard guy ain't coming down with him so often when he doesn't have Stroud throwing it to him. I don't know. I'm not saying Olave's not good. I think he's great. But you know, at the end of the day, I think Stroud might have made those guys even better than they were. You know, you, it's sometimes hard to know. Like, remember when we did the the LSU thing, and it was Chase Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Ceh Burrow, and they were like the best fucking offense ever. And it's like, well, who's making who, and who's the who's the fake, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's probably the same thing is true with the JSN. You know, this whole team is like, wait, are they all amazing, or is there? 
is there a fake? Is there a fraud in here or not? I don't know. You know, I'm, was it CJ Stroud? Well, certainly not CJ Stroud. Yeah, definitely not. It might have been <laughs> Jamison Williams, though. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a fraud, I think. Of course we knew that, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Zero yeah, shares, zero carrots. Do you have any? You have no shares, right? I have none, none, none. None, none. and you're in more leagues than me. Yeah, yeah, none. So 50-some-odd leagues, zero. I, I, I had one, like, kind of transient share year, like, you know, earlier this year, but gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, I mentioned the Gabe Davis thing and I had another, I just have these little thoughts about Gabe Davis. And it's like, we talked about, it's like the same thing with Jameson, right? So like, I, I would say like, I sold on George Pickens. I like George Pickens. We were team George Pickens over team Jameson Williams in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. And I still, I think I'm down to almost one or none shares of George Pickens. And it has nothing to do with me thinking he's good. I think he's actually really good. I just thought that the 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 value exceeded like you could sell George Pickens for like a first. I think I sold George Pickens for Marquise Brown in a first in one league, like before the yeah, new yeah. season, you know? So like yeah, I'll do that. You know, like like um you could have sold uh George Pickens for a first in Gabe Davis. And the point there is not that Gabe Davis is better than George Pickens, but the point is is that Gabe Davis at his value his fantasy points are more valuable than George Pickens and his fantasy points at his value, because you can replace the points and gain so much value, i.e. a first round pick, a future first. You could, you probably still could almost do it, but certainly when, when DJ was out, you could have sold George Pickens for, you know, Nico Collins in a first or some shit, you know, whether it's Gabe Davis or not, doesn't really matter, but you can sell within that sort of, relative production area get the production and add the value so you can go get another player better than both of them. yeah i mean with george pickens you know yeah like you said we, we were both you know uh you know fans of him and you know i think he, i think he's a great player and i think he might be a better i probably is a better football player than a fantasy football totally. player um and you know i i think i think yeah for for a bit there the market and it wasn't everyone in the market, but there was definitely a big good portion of the market that was willing to overpay or pay up for George yeah. Pickens. And that was, that was a sweet spot. Now, you know, like, like most of us kind of expected once Deontay was back and kind of doing his thing and Pickett probably Pickett, ain't that good. Yeah. yeah. Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then the offense, offense is inefficient and, you know, just, yeah. The Steelers, you know, so yeah. yeah if you man. if you if you had a real NFL trade where Nico Collins and George Pickens swap teams, I would be very interested in George Pickens. You know, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. he was the number one outside player for you know an end zone weapon for CJ Stroud, that would be very very something that'd I might be, be interested. That yeah, yes. that'd be very interesting. But yeah, in the, in in that offense on that team, the way they play. You, all that you know with Deontay, like with Pickett, yeah, it's not a, not a good combination. And, and and Pickens really his upside is like that red zone upside, which yeah is is very minimal, yeah, limited, limited. especially if you have a, a a quarterback that doesn't hit those areas of the field <laughs> effectively, right? You know, yeah. if you have a CJ Stroud, by the way, I just I can't get enough of the CJ Stroud thing. Like I rewatched the game this morning, you know, and it's like he just is dotting everything. And the 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 the, the pocket presence, he he's got that perfect thing where he's just on his toes, on his toes, on his toes. And he's able to move, shift, and go from player to player. Like 
he's like a, a video game where you just have to press X and the ball's gone. Like his, I've said this before about him, his impulse to, to release, you know, is second to none in the NFL. And then his accuracy yeah. on top of that. Yeah. It just like, it just when you watch him in the pocket, it just so natural, you know, yeah. it just looks so good. And yes. the, I mean, that was the whole thing. I mean, I feel like we could go back and, you know, listen, replay the, you know, the last time I was on during, you know, the the draft process. And yeah, it was just the way he could just deliver on time, like on target. I think that's what we said, right? Like on yeah. time and on target. Like yes. we had no doubts about the fact that he could do that. And he's doing it at the NFL level. And and just imagine having him on your dynasty teams, which we do. Um, but just how good that feels knowing that this guy is a couple more strong weeks going into this next like off season as like, I mean, a top 10 plus quarterback in dynasty. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, definitely top 10. I mean, he's in the conversation. He's definitely in the conversation for top 10. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in the conversation for top five, I think, because yeah, he's, yeah. he's firmly in the top 10 because you can't really make an argument where you're definitely taking Burrow or Lawrence or Herbert above them. I didn't say you aren't taking them above them. I said, you can't make a case where you're definitely taking them above them because he's yeah. as prolific as them. And, you know, he's got to be in the same arena as those, those, those three guys has to be, has to be. Yeah. Tua. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Tua, Lawrence, Burrow, yeah. and Herbert, uh, yeah. Herbert. Yeah. All, I mean, yeah, he's a pocket plastic, right? I mean, he's yeah. you know, he's a pocket passer. He's he's consistent so far. I mean, what we've seen, he's super accurate. Uh he scores touchdowns. I mean, he's scoring yeah. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I would ask you, I would ask you this too. Like, so we we love him up there in in that in that range. I mean, I think let's let me ask you this one question, because this is something we'll we'll talk about here. We'll probably maybe end with this type of stuff. But listen here. The 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 quarterback one, the running back one overall in Dynasty, the wide receiver one overall in Dynasty, and the tight end one in Dynasty. I think that those positions, those sort of king chesspies, whatever queen chess, number one seat, I think they're open. Or at least there is a conversation of, of for each of them, I think. I think there's a conversation. Like everybody wants Bijan, and we could talk right now about Bijan. But let me start with the with the quarterbacks. I think it's de facto Patrick Mahomes. But it, do you have any question about who the quarterback one is in Dynasty? I don't have a question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Mahomes, but it's closer it's now than it's ever been, right? It's it's close, but it's it's like to me, it's this right. Mahomes is in his own tier, right? It's going to yeah. be like that for a long time, like yeah. almost. For the next 10 years, I mean, five years yeah, for sure, right? Like, years, right? Long yeah. time, right? Like, long time. He's been his own tier. But then, like, that, like, 1B, like, that tier right below him, yeah, it is laser close. And then in, even within there, it's like, you know, Hurts, Allen, Allen Hurts, Hurts, Allen, Allen. It's like, it just, yeah. whatever, right? Like, any given day, like, you, you can go with either one. I mean, I, I'd probably say Hurts only because... Kind of has like that more explosive factor to him right now, um, and the offense is better. And I feel like, yeah, dude, yeah, I don't know what it is with the Bills, but like, look, yeah. the thing with Josh Allen is when he plays, even if he plays mediocre or whatever, he's still a scoring machine when it comes to fantasy, which is what I think tethers him to the like, um, 
the, the, the QB two chair. But one thing that like, that why this team is just so like, I don't know, man, he's, there's just a lot of questions in Buffalo. Wouldn't you say at least? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. it's like Her, yeah. hurts better, better team, better offense, better weapons, better defense. Right. Better, everything. Yeah, <laughs> better. better, better, better stuff going yeah. on there, you know? And so it's like, that's where I just lean a little bit just to the situational stability. But like those two guys are obviously just, you know, I'd say a, a tier and Lamar, I, I argued last week is should be maybe in that tier or at least the gatekeeper to that tier. Uh, do you agree with that? Or do you still have some of those other pocket passers ahead of Lamar and his excellence? Mm, I, know I think the argument – I mean, I think my only argument, only player is Burrow ahead of Lamar. Because I would ask you, what is it about Burrow that you see there where you don't see in C.J. Stroud? Just put C.J. Stroud at your number four then. Fuck it. Let's go, Chalk. Put him there. Yeah, Burrow has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And, and, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that's, to me, that feels better. Well, Houston you know. ain't even going to have a first round pick this year, so but, they but, no, but no, but to your to your point, to your point, if CJ Stroud finishes off this season like just strong, yeah, he'll be right. He'll be right there, right, 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 back to back with Burrow, like right there. Because mm. I still like Lamar. I still like Lamar. What is it about Lamar where you just can't put him ahead of those guys? I mean, Burrow's floor is not great, but I feel like Lamar's floor is scarier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he which does is, have which is some weird, which is, which is weird, yeah. which is a weird yeah. for for Konami, right? Like it's yes. weird to have a scary floor for Konami. It, it was crazy too because this past week he was like he was perfect. He was just so perfect. Like Lamar was excellent. Their team stomped the other team. Like they scored at will. He did whatever he wanted, and he still only scored like eleven fancy points or something like that. It was like I don't know. Like the touchdowns went to Gus and what? Like I don't know, man. It's like you know. I feel like, yeah, the floor sometimes is funny with him because he was so great and still didn't score, which is kind of a funny thing, right? Yeah, that's that's why it's just weird. Like, there's this game, like, and it's gonna happen, like, kind of with him, like a few games where he just doesn't score. What about what about tight end? Tight end one overall. Do we agree on this one yet or no? Mm, still Kelsey. Is it? Is it? Uh... I don't think so. And I'll tell you my reasoning. I'll give you my reasoning. So the difference between Sam Laporta – look, the difference between Travis Kelsey and everybody else in terms of of overall scoring has been such a disparity that that's the reason that at his age I had him as tight end one heading into the season and, you know, and for as long as I have because it's like, oh, Kyle Pitts. It's like, well, wait, let him do the thing where he scores the fantasy points and then I'll unseat Kelsey because Kelsey has been such a, you know, a, a skeleton key to unlocking championships. Like, what was he like on almost 25% of championship rosters last year or whatever? You know, it was like crazy, right? So, like, Kelsey is winning. So, if you're going to win, give me the guy that wins. That's all I want to know in fantasy football, right? Well, I think that that has been, you know, slimmed because now Laporte is scoring points and actually Hawkinson despite the quarterback play has also been scoring. So I think Kelsey's advantage over the field in a, in a week to week basis has, has come down a little bit. And Sam Laporta is like 15, 15 years younger or some crazy thing, you know, at least 10 years younger than him. And so I just would much rather have Laporta on a team unless like I'd have to be in a serious, serious situation where I'm like very, very highly competitive for the chip. 
and almost even in those situations, if someone just offered me Laporta straight up, I just slam it because it's like he feels like the guy that's going to be producing for a long period of time. And of course, now Kincaid starts to creep into that conversation. I don't know exactly. I think I'd rather have Kincaid than Pitts. What about you? Well, it's funny. Well, just to start on your last point, this Kincaid yeah. versus Pitts, uh, I have him back to back. Me too. Uh, so, like, you know, I could see that flopping or flipping yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I love Laporta. I think I think he's in the second tier with Andrews with Hawkinson already, right? So I already have him at tight end four, fairly quickly, right? And like still rising, right? He's still like on that rocket ship. Uh, so I, I'm I'm with you in terms of like Laporta on a rocket ship, <clears throat> tight end one is a destination. Is it gonna happen? You know, I could see that, right? Like, I, I could see that very likely happening. Probably happens. Um, has he passed someone like Hawkinson or someone like Andrews, let alone Kelsey? Like, I, I just don't know. Like, yeah. Hawkinson and Andrews have done that for seasons, you know? Like, it's not just yeah. like, you know, and yeah, they're getting older, but it's like, if you, if you came to me and you said, hey, um, give me Sam Laporta, I'll give you Mark Andrews in a dynasty league and I'm getting Mark Andrews, I'd probably take Mark Andrews mm. over Sam Laporta. If you like offer that to me, if you offered me set a TJ Hawkinson for Sam Laporta, I, that one I'd like think about it. I'd be like, Hmm, I, I might even just take, keep Sam Laporta. Right. Right. So like, I see that. Right. And then Kelsey, so Kelsey's interesting. Cause I just say he's my tight end one, but if I have Kelsey, and you say, hey, I'll give you Sam Laporta, and, like, I don't need Kelsey, like, I'm not winning this year or next year, then, well, yeah, then I'll it's do easy. that. Of course. Then it's easy. Then it's easy. But if, if you're, yeah. like, I mean, if it's really hard because, you know. Even you, if you're going to win it all this year, like, you're going to, you would trade that. I mean, I would trade down to the Porta plus, like, I don't know if I would do a straight swap. I'd Because ultimately, if someone, if if you're a contender, you have Kelsey and you're trading for Sam Laporta, let's say like, let's say like that's a that's a real situation, right? Well, then you're giving Kelsey to a competitor that's also contending. Yeah. So if you're gonna do that and you think you're still gonna steal the chip, you would still have to get like a second or some type of piece. Let me ask you this then. Would you, when when the season, when the fantasy Super Bowl concludes, when the fantasy Super Bowl concludes, will you move Laporta ahead of Kelsey? Let's say the season like just ended right now. Yeah. Super, Super Bowl ended right now. Would yeah. I move him up? Yeah. Like off season, because we, we know probably, that. Probably, probably yeah. yes. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Because it, it's close, I, and I love this uh, about us is that we we don't just copy each other's ranks, yeah. uh, which gives us a pretty cool consensus rank. I think sometimes, uh, obviously, when we're both updated, it you know, and in this particular case, this is the process where we talk about it. It's like really hard. Obviously, at the end of the day, I think we are talking in terms of tiers, and maybe it's a little bit senseless, but I I think in some ways it's it's interesting because once you get past George Kittle at seven, because I, I have like you know the Kincaid, Pitts, Kittle, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kelsey, Laporta. I have no earthly idea who to put there now that Goddard's hurt. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're looking at your rankings right now, but like, yeah. I, I don't know. I from 17 to seven, I have like or eight to 17. The next 10 people, it's like, 
you could just throw them up in the air like confetti and whatever the order oh, yeah, they fall in. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fine, I McBride guess. McBride and Musgrave. And, yeah, you got like Ferguson and Schultz and Komet and, <laughs> yeah, and Firemuth and Njoku. Ingram. And Ingram, Darren Waller. Like, I don't care about either. Like, they're all just guys. Schultz. You know? Maybe Schultz has Schultz. moved his way back up now that he's got C.J. Stroud and he's producing. Like, Otten. Kate Otten just scored. I mean, I have no earthly idea. Logan Thomas is Janu. Like, I don't even know what John I would do. Janu. Janu, bro. Taysom Hill, bro. Taysom Hill is balling. Taysom, honestly, that's the one. Taysom, honestly, I think after, like, Kittle, He's if you traded any of these tight ends for Taysom Hill, I swear to you, I would not make fun of you one bit because he might be the key to winning. Like, you know, I was thinking about it. People would say, well, dude, he could just fucking goose egg. <laughs> it's true so couldn't any other of these tight ends after the top eight you know he could also give you 17 in your tight end spot for no yeah, reason. or more like he can go fucking nuts dude <laughs> throw a touchdown catch a touchdown rush for two like dude can go fucking straight true. off would you yeah. rather Taysom Hill or Chig Okwanku Taysom Hill Okwanku Taysom Hill easy I just moved him up because I'm crazy about this. <laughs> Dude, I'm moving Dal- Dalton Schultz up and Taysom Hill up because they're winning you this year. And it's funny because tight end every year we look at him and go, lots of tight ends. And then during the season, there's no tight ends. And it's exactly the situation. Actually, it's like, so- actually I, you know what's funny you said that? I was just thinking about, like, just literally yesterday, how tight end has sneakily, like, gotten kind of deep. Like, it's not it's not cra- great. Yes. It's, not, it's not fixed. No, but it's like you could actually roll out Dalton Schultz on a week to week basis and be fine and you're tight end and be pretty happy. And he's Dude, like, I'm rolling like, Logan Thomas out in a lot of winning leagues, yeah, yeah, like he's Logan like Thomas. Tight 13, yeah, yeah, yeah he's Logan fine. Thomas he is like, for you. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no Dulcich, no Dulcich, no fucking um. Fryermuth, Noah Conquo, like yeah. none of these guys, the guys that were like, these are the guys, bro, none of them, none, none of them. <laughs> No Waller. It's such a weird fucking thing. Oh my god. What are we doing? What about uh what about wide receiver? Who's the who's the wide receiver one in Dynasty right this moment? I hate that question. I know. It's CD Lamb, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you oh go. Oh my god, back. I'm such an you're asshole. Back. I'm, I'm back. back. You're back. You're I'm back. back. It's yeah, CD right. Lamb, of course. I know it is. Don't worry about it. It's uh boy. It's Jamar Jefferson, right? <laughs> it is so Jamar Jefferson. <laughs> it is a hundred thousand percent Jamar. Jefferson. Honestly, I think I think it's Jamar Chase now. I kind of don't disagree. I, I, right? For a long because time, it was Justin Jefferson. Everything? Yeah, yeah. For a long time, it was Justin Jefferson, and then the thing was. Once we don't know what happens to Kirk Cousins, or once we know that yeah. Kirk's not there anymore, then we'll make the move. Yeah, we'll and make the move. I think at this point, I think this point we just make the move. Yeah, I think it's Jamar Chase, and then it is Justin Jefferson still too. Yes, I don't want to yes. move him anywhere further yeah, than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then three, you've got the. Is you know, Chase look, wait, real quick though? Is Chase yeah. in his own tier now, or is he still in the same tier with Jefferson? Or because now he's undisputedly in a 
elite situation. I mean, compared to everybody else. He's in his own tier for the rest of the season, it feels like. Or right this moment, right? Like, because, I mean, that's the that's the one guy that has all the future, all the ceiling on the weekly basis, all the ceiling on the annual basis, and all the security going forward, right? Like, so, yeah, like, he's... He has everything. Yes. Now, what happens off-season with Justin Jefferson and then when we reset after the NFL draft and free agency and everything, like we don't know exactly what, you know, what's possible for Justin Jefferson in terms of who his quarterback is, what that quarterback situation is in terms of contract, all those things. Right. So at this moment, he has more security, more, you know, structural security in terms of team, et cetera. So for those reasons, yeah, he's, he is the, comfortably the wide receiver one he also is maybe slightly attainable he kind of had a little bit of a disappointing week this week and he's hurt and all this you know but i don't think he's hurt i think he's gonna be fine i think it's just a lot of fucking pain but um you know and so for those reasons someone might be willing to just sell off a little bit so he may be attainable uh you know for something you know who knows what uh could get him but in any event i think he is that and then there's that that you know aj brown Amon Ra, C.D. Lamb, and you got to put Tyree Kill in there. I know a lot of people are like, dude, he's going to retire. Yeah. He said it, but I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> it's like, dude's a yeah, league yeah. winner. It, it, yeah, until he retires, like, let me see it. Yeah, yeah, he, he's playing every year until he isn't. Like, I don't yeah, know. He's exactly. I know he's old, but like this year, next year, he's he, you know, he's, uh, at least he's, he's wide receiver five for me right now, and then I'm yeah. Amon Ra at six. And then, yeah, and then from there, it gets and then it gets kind of interesting. I think. So you'd rather you'd rather have CD or AJ Brown? CD, I haven't wavered. Yeah. Three, haven't right? Wavered. Yeah, it's so 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 close because AJ is so though. dominant, so dominant. But yeah, but now but we're seeing CD ever, ever do since thing. ever since he whispered that CD heard yes. he got mad. He did. He I he fucking lit mad. a fire, dude. He betrayed me with his you know his <laughs> low production. Yes, I know. I was like, where's my boy? <laughs> So yeah, he's doing great. Okay, All so right. so what are we doing about there's a couple of guys uh, I want to ask, and I think we're going off okay. off track here, but um, Puk, we're always on Puka track. Nakua, Puka yep. Nakua. Don't do that. That's right. not nice. I mean, no, 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 because because yeah. I I feel like for me, I've I've gone up and I haven't like wide receiver. I haven't wide receiver twenty two right now in Dynasty. Right. And I feel like that's reasonable. And that's kind of where I was having them. Like I had them like wide receiver 29. So I was a little bit lower. And then I kind of moved them up a couple weeks ago. And I feel like that's reasonable in that range-ish. And I feel like if people have them even lower than that, that's reasonable too. And if you have them higher than that, that's reasonable because yeah. I, I just don't think he's a wide receiver one in Dynasty. Like, like to do that after less than half a season, I feel like that's too much. It's hard. It's hard because here's the thing: less than half a season of something we've never seen in the NFL history before. Like, that's the only thing. It's like, okay, well, what, when do we see that? We oh, never. Okay, I've never seen it. It's not the thing where it's like, oh, he caught a few touchdown passes. It's not this isn't a Chase Claypool situation where it's like, oh, a couple big plays and a touchdown, and he had a rushing touchdown. He's open all the fucking time. It, he's he's earning targets at an alarming rate. He's earning targets at a crazy rate standing next to Cooper fucking cup. So these are the reasons that I was flummoxed and, and vexed with what to do with them because it's true. It's like, well, wait, I don't want to be behind the historical significance of this. I heard Matt Kelly say the Cinderella or whatever. Look, this is not a Cinderella situation. He's a good football player. Just how high we should have him in dynasty has always been the question though. It's been like, 
I'm, I'm with you. I'm so glad that you're there sort of tethering me back to some semblance of reality. And you caught a lot of heat with, you know, people on Twitter, which actually is great. I love it when we catch heat on Twitter because it also makes me think. It makes me sort of substantiate either point, whether it's he's wide receiver 25 or he's wide receiver five. Uh, we know he's good, but where should we place him is a whole nother argument. Should you have been trading him to go get like Drake London straight up? Well, the problem is, is that he's so far outperforming Drake London, you know, on a week to week basis. If you're a competitive team, that doesn't feel like the right move. Now, we get a Matt Stafford injury and we have some fucking, you know, who, I don't even know who who played for them, dude, whatever, dude, that's so, so ridiculous. You know, like whatever was this past week, you can't say that that's reality because that that quarterback will never be the quarterback of the future of anybody's future. You know, so it's it's really hard on a week to week basis to to move him up and down. But that's what we do um, during the turn the regular season. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. No, there's, there's some good some good points, man. Just but I mean, like, wanted, yeah. So yeah. it's like Brandon Ayuk or him. Like, all right, that's yeah. a fair one. That's fair. Yeah, Devontae yeah, Smith. You, just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of in this range, like DJ Moore, Addison, Flowers, Ayuk, like you know, London. I got, I would so much rather have him than DJ Moore. You know. <clears throat> I would, I would, I would so much rather have him than DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore is funny because we love DJ Moore, but you know, he, he's like he's so hit or miss. Michael Pittman, I mean, that's a guy. You know, I mean, I don't know. It, there, that's my point. It's like so, anywhere I'm so from low. Like, I'm so low on Michael Pittman. I'm so low. He keeps scoring, dude. I know. What what is he on the season? What is he that's on the season point. right now? I don't know. He's like fucking good, bro. He's the wide receiver wide twelve. Receiver, in this league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A t- 11 or 12, 11 in PPR. Like he's been a wide receiver one this year with honestly a rookie who everybody said is a shitty quarterback throwing the football and Gardner Minshew. Like it hasn't exactly been like, Oh, he's got the fucking perfect situation. He's just been performing. And you know, you go back two years in a row, he was a wide receiver 17 and 20, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. been, he's been performing, man. I, I think he's, I think he's a, I think he's good. I think you need to re revisit your Michael Pittman situation. I might be because like it's like Michael Pittman or T Higgins, and you'd be like T Higgins, and I'd be like, well, wh- when has that been the key? like when this now okay. this week next week that. like I when do you that. you know so it's like when um, yeah. yeah okay yeah what about like Drake London or Michael Pittman? I have Michael Pittman behind him, but it's like okay again when are you in a weekly when, when was the last time you're like yeah. I'm putting London over Pittman. In my lineup and feeling good about it. Drake Lennon is just like you're still chasing the prospect dream, right? Yep. And Arthur Smith. Should we finish on the Arthur Smith? My God. Oh, just let's finish with that. Jesus. I mean, the whole reason that Bijan's even a question at the at the running back one, which we're doing this whole <laughs> thing. It's Arthur Smith. Other than that, Bijan is clearly the running back one. Like, did you hear the stat? Um, uh, Tyler Algier has like more carries than Bijan. But is averaging three point two yards a carry. Bijan five in the same fucking what? offense, and the, yeah, three two versus five, and he's out out carrying him. Ridiculous. Arthur, Arthur Smith's crazy, man. It's just, yeah, I dude. Understand. Bijan has one carry him, inside the five. Draft him, why would you draft him the high if you're not going to use him at all? It's <laughs> crazy. Doesn't make any sense. And then he had the 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 comment, uh, <laughs> uh, Bijan playing off the ball really well. Yeah. What does yeah. off the ball mean in the NFL, bro? 
This <laughs> isn't fucking oops. He's not a spot up shooter in the corner. This is wrong fucking sport, he's run, dog. He's a running back off the ball. He it's needs the ball. Picks. He's, running. Oh, he's setting screens, fucking pick and roll. What the fuck? Next thing you know, he's going to say he's really good in the pick and roll at this point. Fucking terrible, artist. man. Terrible. Get out of here with all that shit. Let's take a quick break. All right, Chalk, check it out. So um, what about what about this? Let me ask you this question. We got Tony Pollard, who I swear to God, I mean, I was ready to draft him everywhere at the turn. I do have a, a ton of Tony Pollard, like in best ball and things like that. But um, I was able to kind of avoid him in a lot of ways. I don't have a ton of shares. And I was so like, I was kind of like bummed about it. I was really like in the Scott Fishbowl. I thought I should have had him, all the rest of it. But like, now I'm almost glad that I either missed him or avoided him where I did. In Dynasty, is Tony Pollard a sell or a buy, do you think? Or I guess neither. I, what do you think? Yeah, the trick question. I think yeah. he's a, I think he's a whole I mean, because you don't want to buy him. Right. right. Like he's not he's not an asset you want to buy. He's like 26. Right. Uh coming off a really inefficient down year right now. Yeah. I mean, it does not look does not look great at all. Uh, there's been games where the offense has exploded and he's been MIA. There's been games where the defense is exploding and the team's running it and he's not doing much. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to buy him or add him on any teams. I mean, because, because no one's selling him for a second, right? Like if, if I can just go out there and set in a second or something like that, you know, maybe a little bit more on top Yeah, and I can get Tony Paul, of, of course. Right. But like no one's doing, no one's doing that. Right, uh, and then on the on the flip side of that, I'm not selling him because no one's gonna give up a first for him. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, what I mean, about what about this first, one? Like, what about this one? Check this yeah. out, because I'm super afraid of Saquon right now. This whole situation in New York is like, I mean, it's just bonkers, right? I mean, they're gonna be starting Tommy DeVito, like that's that's a real <laughs> person, that's a real fucking quarterback, <laughs> like of all the quarterbacks on the planet. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. There's like, there's a New lot York of people. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people you can choose from. Like, literally Cam Newton, still alive, like making videos. Did you see what Cam Newton said? Did you see it at all or no? No, I didn't Dude, see let it. me tell I you the Cam it. Newton story. It was great. So Cam Newton on his like podcast or whatever, he's like smoking a fucking blunt or whatever. It's so good. He's driving, just smoking a cigar. And someone asked him about the Jimmy Clausen story. And uh, it was it was it was like he, he tells a story. He's like, so Jimmy Clausen was wearing number two, which was his number, you know, in, in at Auburn. And he was like, he's like, yo, can I have the number? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you can buy it. And he's like, all right, cool. How much? And Jimmy Clausen says a uh, million dollars. And and Kevin was like, the fuck you just say, right? He's like, what are you talking about? A million fucking dollars? He's like, what the, is, are you okay? And so the guy says, oh yeah, let me just check with my people and I'll let you know. He goes, oh yeah, so how much? He goes, $750,000. And he goes, bro, eat all of my dick. Like, you just go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, this is Cam Newton telling the story. It's so good. He's like, I made it a point from that day. He goes, I took number one. He goes, I made it a point from that day that no one would ever hear from fucking Jimmy Clausen again for the rest of the eternity. And uh, kind of did just that. He went yeah. in and dominated. But how about Clausen just try to get a mill off a of fucking off the top from uh, from Cam Newton? So there you go. Cam Newton. 
God bless you. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that, that's a great story. It's a good story, that. right? I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll send it to you. It's like, you know, one of those Instagram bullshits or whatever. But um, yeah, check it out if you don't want it, Yeah, if y'all haven't seen it, go check it. It's pretty cool. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Saquon Barkley and Tommy DeVito. Saquon, so the question, yeah. the long way around the barn is what about just sending Saquon for Pollard? Because like, if you had to guess who's going to have a better second half, it would be Pollard. And like the Saquon thing, someone might look at it and be like, you know, I'm down on Pollard. I can turn Pollard into Saquon, but really, do you really want to say, what do you think about this crazy thought? I, I like that. Actually. I actually think that's a very viable strategy. I mean, at this point, um, what do you got to lose, right? right? I mean, Saquon's gonna have probably a decent amount of volume, but yeah, that's a terrible that's a terrible situation to be in. Man, Doesn't matter man. how much volume you have. Yeah, yeah like twenty five carries for thirty six yards or something. Yeah, they're just gonna stack the box like yeah. every time. You know, every, fifteen every catches gonna, for for ten yeah. yards. Yeah, it's just like well, stack the, the box, fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I'm a little bit scared of Saquon in this situation. I mean. Waller out for probably a while, dude. Like he also has a bye week coming up. Uh, New York, I think, has a week thirteen, which is like you know, just I don't know, man. It's just a lot of lot of bad. I think maybe Tony Pollard's a buy low in that regard. Like you know, I'm with you. He's 26. He's on a like you know, he doesn't have a contract. Like he's going to be a free agent. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? Like there's a lot of question marks about Tony Pollard long term. But, I mean, you know, if, if you're just talking redraft, I mean, if you were betting on anybody to have sort of a surprise breakout second half, Tony Pollard's a guy that could be that guy. Fair enough? Oh, yeah, that's totally fair. And, like, if you're rostering him, then that's that's kind of why you're holding him, right? Yeah. You're, you're hold, holding out hope that things can turn around. And I, th- I think there's definitely a possibility that it could. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a sort of a, a, a tier of those guys, like Austin Eckler, Saquon, Tony Pollard. Camara, right? Like these old, older, I mean, you know, 26 to 28, whatever Camara is, right? Maybe even Jacobs. I, I'm I'm starting to wonder now with the with the sort of Josh McDaniel stink gone, if Jacobs isn't, you know, a, a riser in, in the dynasty running back scene as well. Yeah, so when you're saying the whole Saquon for Pollard, you know, Josh Jacobs was immediately came to mind right mm-hmm. it's he's kind of in that same age range he's i think a year younger or a few months younger um but you know pretty productive coming off obviously a career last year uh new new situation in in, in las vegas and, and they looked pretty good last week with the new uh in, interim coach yeah uh you know so yeah i mean you know i, I think i think jacobs is someone I, out of those three i would say he has probably the best chance you know to have a strong second half. Yeah, and a, um, and a pretty good 2024. Like, I think he's set up yeah. to be, like, the guy next year. Like, at least that's the way they're talking, you know, in, in yeah, Las Vegas. Yep. You know, the front office, the coaching. I think Pierce was the the the, the, the coach was, like, um, uh, quoted as saying, you know, uh, this is now we're back to having Josh. You know, the whole, you know, coach rhetoric. Yeah, but yeah, still, yeah. I mean, I, you know, there, there's some of that that I kind of buy into in terms of how they all yeah, think, you know. And, and Pierce is a defensive guy, right? Or yeah. No, is, is he, oh. no, no, Pierce is a receiver. No, no. So, so. But but what's his style, though? Is Pierce more of a defensive-minded type of coach, or is he 
Is he like an offensive? I mean, he's a he's a he's a blunt smoking in the locker room type of coach. That's the kind of (laughs) motherfucker he is. I mean, let's just face it. So that that I feel like that lends to Josh Jacobs to me. Like blunts in the locker room. That's fucking Josh. That's not like yeah. Yeah, establish 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 the fuck out of that run, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Levitan and Silva. Yeah, just establish it. You know, Leone's out there establishing their ETR baby. Those those boys are awesome. So establish the hell out of that run with with Jacobs. I think so. I mean, you know, and and the, and the guy who's sort of falling is Ken Walker a little bit. You know, it's funny. We were like, oh, worry about Charbonnet. Nothing happens in the first couple of weeks. Out of fuck Charbonnet. You know, Ken Walker's great. Now we're worrying about Charbonnet again. Is this a temporary thing, or do you think this is a sign of things to come? Like this is maybe more of a fifty fifty. No, I think it's just going to be ebbs and flows of yeah. it, you know. Um, like we've seen how Pete Carroll works. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, and, and it kind of reminds me of like how he was with Chris Carson at times. Sometimes he just rides a hard hand a bit or, you know, does a little bit of a uh, split load and then he'll kind of go back to his guy. And, you know, I, I, I really feel like Pete Carroll, you know, plays favorites and he yeah. has a guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I still think Ken Walker is still of that ilk. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. You know, the guy that I'm I'm starting to move up in my dynasty rankings, I had him way the hell down is is now Javante Williams. Javante, I mean, it sounds crazy, but who'd you rather have, Javante or Ken Walker right now? Like for the rest of eternity. Ooh, uh still Ken Walker. I it's think gotten close though, hasn't it? it? It has, it has. I mean I mean Javante was right. I mean, he was a very special special guy. Yeah. Uh before blowing up his knees. So um yeah, he's he's getting that volume that we got really yeah. excited about, right? Like you know, even that, like before he he got hurt, like he had that game where he was getting like ultra targeted. It yeah. was like hyper targeted, which was which was great. Yeah, I mean, after the sort of A chain Gibbs, Etn, JT, McCaffrey, Brees, Hall, Bijan, that sort of that's our that's my top seven. I think it's yours as well. I don't, I, I'm not looking at yours, but you got to be pretty close to that. It then it's kind of funny because I think you want to put Ken Walker there, but I'm open to. DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, like I'm open to Jacobs. I'm open to other guys. I had Barkley in there, but at this point, like Barkley scares me enough where I'm, I'm just moving him down behind a few people, especially at his age and this offense. And I mean, maybe for next year, but I am so, so terrified. I've, I've got Barkley in a couple like win now teams that were killing it. And it's like, I don't even know if I want to play him. Like I'm thinking about playing Rashad white over him, Speaking of Rashad White, I mean, kind of our boy a little bit. Uh, he's he's working his way back up in the rankings too. I mean, he's gotten the volume all season. Finally, you know, something to show for it as he was the running back one overall this past week. Yeah, I mean, he's he's scoring now, right? I mean, he's finally putting the ball in the end zone. Um, yeah, he's had an up and down season, and you know, I think ultimately, not surprising, right? When you like, I mean, it is hindsight yeah. a bit, but you know, when you look back, it's like we saw like the. Uh, the potential, like, like we see the path, right, and, and and we saw that happen, like you said, you know, RB one overall this past week, yeah. Uh, but then if you really think about it, and you like squint your eyes, looking backwards, you're like, yeah, you know, real realistically, we knew that, yes, he, you know, he he he's gonna have that potential, but most likely he's gonna, you know, yeah. I mean, when it's all said and done, he's gonna make an RB two, like a yes. solid RB two, absolutely. You know, cool. He was yeah. a volume play with. Uh, target upside, right? That was what he was. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. And, and we knew that, right? So we and, and yeah. we felt like he had some pop. So he's a young player yep. with pop, with the backfield sort of to himself. 
volume play with receptions and targeting upside. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, we were actually, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with the offense to some degree. Like Baker's been better than I thought he would be. They're, they're competitive. They're moving the ball. They're, you know, they're not prolific, but they're not necessarily like stuck in the mud and, you know, three and out punt and all the rest of it. So yeah, I think that's been a, been a pleasant surprise for Rashad and he could have a good second half if they can kind of keep everybody healthy. Cause I think that team, yeah. you know, he sort of relies on advancing the ball because man, man, they, they, you know, he can't seem to get any yards per carry. So it's not like he's getting big chunk plays like, like an a chain or whatever. He needs some volume. He needs some first yeah, downs, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. He needs some pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking of uh, speaking of these guys, I mean, you know, you talk about Baker Mayfield. Um, to me, this whole the Josh Dobbs fucking story was that the coolest fucking thing of all time, or what? It's pretty cool, man. Pretty pretty freaking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes in, you know, uh, doesn't know anybody's names, like literally doesn't know their names. Yeah, Has never right? taken a practice snap from the center. Like they have <laughs> never heard him speak or the cadence or whatever. Like all the other, he's like, "What's your name again?" Good, good to know. Here's how I talk. You know, like literally. Hello, my <laughs> name is. <laughs> hello, my name is. Like he had a name tag and everything. It's just fucking cool. And then he goes out and he kind of stumbles a bit, of course, you know. And then and then leads him to that victory. And yeah, I mean, it's just a cool story. And and I think for fantasy purposes, it's kind of like a little bit of a life raft. You know, we get the Josh Dobbs life raft for you know Addison Hawkinson and soon to be Justin Jefferson, from what I understand. Yeah, you know that's crazy. Josh Dobbs' career arc, man. Like, yes, it's. <laughs> it's like a mini Geno Smith like career arc or something. It's it's crazy. It's uh, it's 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 crazy. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, what a it's, what a what a wild ride to watch. Yeah, what a what a feel good story. Like, is there a better guy to yeah. root for? Like, he crushed all my Clayton Tune fifth round pick. <laughs> but but honestly, I was never that upset because it's like it's not like some asshole was taken. It's like this guy's cool, man. I can't take it from him. It's like he's just a lot he's of a grinder, fun. man. He's yeah. a hustler. Yeah, he's a hustler, yeah, man. Got to, got to, got to give yeah. him credit. And he's brilliant. Like, so he's a genius, which I think yeah. stands to reason that he was able to like change his environment so quickly and like adapt so quickly. That's crazy. He's brilliant, That's crazy. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Literal rocket scientist. Um, a guy who probably is not a rocket scientist. Who I'm hoping is a lifeboat for Puka Nakua and you know uh, Cooper Cup is Carson freaking. Wentz going to the Rams to be the you know sort of protector of Matt Stafford in case he can't go. Um, wow, I so want, I just want to see it. Don't you just want, like one week of like, hey, Stafford still can't go. One week and we just get Wentz. Just give me Wentz. Just four hundred yards, three touchdowns. Just, yes, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. This is for Carson Wentz. You ready? Hold on. Hold on. Ready? Ah, oh, pour it all the way out for Carson Wentz. He is done. Nobody wanted him. Like, you know, the Jets, what a fucking malpractice the Jets were when Josh Dobbs is available and they're still rolling out fucking Zach Wilson. Like, they had plenty of Good options. Grief. Plenty of Good options. Grief, man. Yeah, I know. And, and now now Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is trying to rush back. I mean, right? That's their only hope. That's, That's their only, only hope. hope. You know who's who might be good? Is Sam Howell? Is Sam Howell good? We said he was good, right? Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I think he's good. I think he's uh, serviceable. You know, um, yeah. I think he's. I think. I think he's a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, he, he was 
basically free in rookie drafts. And, you know, if you had him now, you have a starting quarterback, uh, you know, in super flex leagues. It's, it's pretty cool, man. And, I, I, and I'm happy for him, given his ups and downs, you know, in college, um, you know, sitting in his first year in the pros uh, and then getting a shot now. So, yeah, pretty cool. I, I, I'm just looking like he's this quarterback five. Yeah, quarterback yeah, six yeah, he's on the season. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, he's not just a starting quarterback. He's giving you prolific upside week to week. And, right? I mean, so to me, like, the question is, like, is he actually good good? I don't mean good, like, found money good. We know he's found money good. The question is whether or not this guy is, like, worth making a move for because people are still. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, why? Why not? I I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. What's he what's he got to do to earn earn a little respect around here? I mean, he should have been the first fucking quarterback taken in that draft class. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Kenny Pickett. Uh the little kid from Ole Miss. Um who else was in that stupid fucking Ritter? Like all these m- losers got drafted ahead of him. It should have been should have been Howell in the first round. Like Matt Pittsburgh Five would fucking take too. Howell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, right? I'm just saying, what if he's good? You know, we've asked us about Tank Dell. We asked us about Puka Nakua. You just ask sometimes, is it possible this motherfucker's good? Like, you know, Dak Prescott was a third-round pick. Russell Wilson, like, I'm not saying he's that. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying, at this point, it's very possible that he's actually good because basically the only issue has been, you know, the the sacks. Um, That's been kind of it. Like, he's... Throwing the football down the field, he's he's throwing for touchdowns, he's throwing for completion percentage. He's close to on a pace for like five thousand yards. This kid is perhaps legit, is what I'm saying, Chalk. You're just poo-pooing this. Are you saying you disagree? I'm saying <laughs> it might be true, damn it. it. It very well might be, man. I I gotta look I gotta look at it a little bit more closer. Um, you know, I, I think he has the tools to be really good, like good, good, like you're saying. Um, am I sold on it? I can't say I'm sold on it yet. I'm getting mm. there. I'm getting there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I might be selling you a bill of goods because I have no idea. I just know that we 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 thought more of him as a prospect, especially after his you know sophomore year or whatever, or you know, the the year before with Javante and and Michael Carter. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you know, sort of senior or last year. I guess he was a senior technically. Whatever, whatever year it was, his final year. He, he was sort of looked down upon a bit, you know, and it was like, wh- why? I mean, he was actually still pretty good. And he ran for, like, more yards than Anthony Richardson in his final year. Like, he he was kind of good. You're like. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. He did. I remember we talked about that. I mean, what's this kid got to do? I mean, poor CMFK out there, former Washington fan, wondering why we're talking about his boy like this. I mean, he's wondering what you're doing. I mean, pick him up. Give him a, give him a, give him a lifeline. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. He's got nothing for you. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely zero. Well, on that note, we are going to call it a night. We've we've covered it all, Chalky. But um but uh hey, you know, tell the people what's going on, especially uh the um the uh, undroppables uh feed. It's, pretty good we're gonna get that rolling we just got that started some good shows on there. yeah yes yeah yeah we got some good shows on the on the uh Unjoppable's brand feed uh of course you got the undrafted um you know you got 
uh, you know, some of the other shows. You got the Playbook, uh, hosted by Michael P. Duncan and Ashley. Uh, so yeah, make sure you check out the feed. Where yeah, Bradley you show, your... the Rapid Reaction show. Oh, oh, Rapid Reaction. Yeah, that's on that's on the uh, the that's YouTube that our feed yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a great show. Uh, shout out to Brian. Yeah, uh, and, and Dan AWL. Um, because you know what they they give you a lot of like kind of those interesting insights that you're not getting maybe on, on your normal Twitter feed or you know in your in your articles and your, your normal content agreed. or your podcast. Yeah, agree. So, um, very interesting insights. Um, and yeah, I mean check us check us check out our waiver wire videos. Our boy Tommy obviously still still crushing it there. Uh, Derek putting out. Uh, some of the written content for the site, including some of our DFS content. So make sure you check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, th- thanks for uh, continuing to support the Undroppables and make sure you stay tuned for, uh, you know, what else we have in store for you the rest of the season. Indeed. Well said. And on that note, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the world has ever known and a happy Philadelphia 76ers fan now that fat James Harden has left the building Michael period bitches Duncan you have been joined by the chalk I am Jax Falcone and we are out (laughs) 